0: Good morning to the Mind War Podcast. This is Jean de Rue, your show host. I'm running this show together with MP Stradom. We both work for MineRP, but in this podcast, it's not only about Minor P, it's about vision and it's about strategy, it's about ideas. It's a bit of loose thinking around where mining can go to. Today we have a guest which was previously a client of MineRP, somebody with a vision to completely rehaul the way that a mine work we will do this podcast in two series the first one we'll talk to our guest about his views when he was a, a general manager he can tell the story himself of implementing a holistic management framework for mining which both encompass the business culture and the business performance they built models to drive a systemic and sustainable asset maturity growth. Together with that, uh, they then went on a systemic journey to improve the mine. They've got great results they'll share. So the first podcast will cover that. And the second one that we'll do of our guest is around the people and how they've changed the people. And then our guest will talk about what he could have done with MyNRP on top of that journey. This guest works for MyNRP currently. And without further ado, I would like to introduce you to François Nodier. Welcome, François Nadia, to the podcast. And as I said, we'll uh, record this once, but uh, have two podcasts spanning over two weeks. François, before you uh, talk about where you come from, etc., I met you the first time three years ago. I went to go and check on my LinkedIn profile now. Anglo shanti had a fantastic message to the market and asks vendors to come and bid for work. And this is where I met you and your team. And I was blown away by the vision that you guys put together. As a result, I worked for up to, I think, about nine months with my team on proposals and sharing your vision and the vision of Angligal Shanti about where you guys think things should go to. And I must say, lots of my thinking have been shaped in that process. But where I met you was when SAP Georg Radl brought a Russian visitors group to Mpuneng Mine and I had the privilege to go down to the deepest point in the world, but unfortunately only the, the visitors point. We couldn't go down further because of delays in the transportation that day. François, welcome to Mine Warp.
1: Thank you, John. and it's a privilege to have a discussion with you. Yeah, I think, as you already mentioned, my background, I think up until end of 2018, I was involved as being the general manager for Mpunang Gold Mine, which is the world's deepest mine, and 26 years in the mining industry, of which the last eight years was general manager for Anglo Gold Ashanti, before my Mpunang assignment, I was General Manager for a mine in the wal area called Koppenong Mine. Oh. Yeah. My last assignment was quite an uh, interesting, interesting one with managing a quite a complex mine where you had a a mine, three mines, basically in one, one you're busy closing down, one you're mining to full potential and the other mine that you're ramping up and all of them had to be served through one shaft system and to make life a little bit more complex is there's about four half thousand people employed. So you really had to be uh, understanding on a daily basis what's happening underground and how do you, what technology and how can you effectively execute the work.
0: So yeah it was quite interesting. Yeah and and, uh, can you tell the audience what you do currently? Yeah, so currently
1: I'm doing work for MinorP. I'm being seen as an independent consultant, although I'm already feeling like part of the family of, of MineRP. And I do some work for other consulting companies as well. And I guess my main focus is, is really to help MineRP and then also the clients in the world to plow back what I've learned in my last eight years specifically with business integration Yeah, how does all these things that everybody is talking about and the buzzword of digitization. How does all these things make sense for General Manager and, uh, and his team? And what is the value that you can actually uncover out of your operation? So that's what I'm currently doing. And it's quite exciting seeing the world, learning a lot of people and actually see how big the need is in industry for proper integration and
0: understanding the business value of mine. Yeah, so before we jump in about your perspectives, a GM's perspective on the work that you've done even before using lots of systems on a business process and a management framework to do a safe execution with an integrated plan, you did some work for us in explaining to GM's and higher up just the perspective out of your eyes about how mining is changing, why it's changing, and what the impact of that is. So to start off with, take us through that journey you took us through around why mining is changing. Yeah, I
1: think firstly, I think where we come from in the past, and specifically to the South African context, uh, there was a lot of change to you know the specific leadership over time, type of leadership styles you need to deploy. A lot of changes happening with regards to people and technology and and experience availability in a in a market and then also capital became quite a challenge because the whole world and the in the resource industry was growing and you know, capital wasn't freely available and at a point in time the investors and the driving force behind, behind capital was driven to. The value of the share price was driven mostly through the size of the organization, the size of the resources and the reserves. And there was a lot of capital thrown into into the mines. And then at a point in time, you know, everybody was asking, so when do we get the returns? And because mining is quite a long lead time in terms of when you start delivering or, or seeing the results, they put pressure on the CEOs to say, you know what, uh, your share price, the biggest driver is actually to move to cash is king. If you can use that word, so yeah. how quickly and how much cash can you make? And yeah. uh, what's the good is the return on investment. And then uh, you know the mining industry went through a whole process of cost cutting and all sorts of consultants and, and the business improvements was done specifically looking at cost cutting, reducing overheads, restructuring, changing operating models, selling of assets. Things that don't deliver the right cash flow, which isn't part of your core business, and ultimately, you know, started cutting in staying business capital, started doing less of preventative maintenance, and ultimately, it it came into a reduction of uh, workforce. I mean, you can and basically see uh, where the industry is going.
0: Uh, and what so period did you sub- uh, subscribe this uh, this to? This what you have seen?
1: I guess in the last. Let's say so the last six six years specifically, you know, cash became more the driver than resource and size of operation. Like before then, you know, the amount of reserves and the size of your operation was important. And therefore, a lot of companies before then went into greenfields exploration and so forth. But I guess the last six years is what I've seen is, you know,
0: more importantly is what is your return on investment, and how, how much cash do you make? And do you see sort of a pivot point, and where do you see it going to from that pivot point?
1: Yeah, I think we've done enough in terms of cost cutting in industry, and all these initiatives and ad hoc business improvement initiatives. It, it's unfortunately not sustainable. So you, you can't, we can't carry on the way, and therefore we. We have to start looking at a different way of how we're running our mines. And you know. and there are
0: still ways to cut, but <laughs> not in that way.
1: Yeah, and I, and I guess if you understand the complexity of, of mining and how things are dependent on one another, and if you look at the overall mining process, there's a lot of waste in the system, but it's yeah. not the typical old way of how we've done things in terms of labor reduction or... Capital reduction, it's how can you remove that waste in terms of time, the effort that relies the response in decision making, how can you reduce that wastage and the latency in that decision making time, how quickly can you actually respond to conditions, and that is where I believe the next step in terms of early lies in the industry.
0: Yeah, the funny thing is the early 90s when I got into mining consulting. We still had this topic called time and motion studies, and then we got computers, and then we got to smart for time and motion studies. But guess what? The smartness of the computers have not removed that waste that's so easy to find when you can do time and motion study. What do you think of that statement?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, somewhere you need to bring in a little bit of understanding the mining process and the complexity thereof. Uh, and uh, the overall mining system and a computer is uh, won't be able to understand that so somewhere you have to to get to a point and i think this is where we're heading towards is how can you build experience you know it took me 26 years and specifically the last 12 years of my life in industry to really understand from a senior level point of view how complex these are and how everything links with one another And how do you build that experience into a a computer to actually help you making these things and decisions a little bit
0: faster? So tell us how is mining changing and typically who is your audience when you talk about this? Who who would you want to tell this to? Is it to investors or to who is it?
1: Yeah, I think for me being operational lead for, for quite a number of my years is actually to have a discussion with you know, people like chief operating officers, general managers of operations, because those are the guys that get, you know, bombarded with all these strategic ideas from, let's call it CEOs or or board members. And it's how do you translate that into something that makes your sense for for the operators? And, you know, chief operating officer, general manager role is Specifically, that purpose is how do you translate strategy into something that is tangible and has got a clear execution window and plan. And this is when I speak to the guys, that's my target audience is to say, so how does integration becomes key to what you want to achieve at the end? In the past, there was a lot of silos in operations and there's a lot of standalone applications that makes things difficult to actually do in an integrated fashion yep. and there is no more time for people to, to go through their whole career and get that experience to have that gut feel, but we have to now try and bulb that gut into something that actually makes sense to everybody.
0: Yeah. I once made a statement to you, almost letting the industry off the hook to say, I understand why the silos have grown so deep. Is because each of the silos the disciplines in there is so complex and it takes so many years to just understand that one discipline but then you made you made a statement to me i don't know if you can remember that just now it's actually quite simple you know mining works like this yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so uh, although we we some over over complicate things and over over engineer as you says it is actually simple it's and it's not about I mean, there's enough technical experts in the industry, and I think that's that's what happened over time is this, you know, the silos was created due to that expert attention into that specific environment and, and process. And that is important, I mean, to run a mine. But I think uh, what we lack in industry is the understanding of how all that experts and their views and opinions and the processes and the systemic things happening there. How do you integrate all of that to yeah. ultimately help the guy on the face to be productive yes. uh, and efficient at the lowest cost and the safest uh, possible way? And how does is, is how you picture that and how do you bring all those things together to make the difference? And I think that is, that is where the, the gap is in
0: the market. Yeah, that's how mining is changing, is to, is to give attention to that.
1: Yeah, and it becomes more collaborative, you know, it's not silo, it's not autocratic type of leadership style. You have to have a clear strategy where you're going to, in the old days, you know, whatever the GM said everybody did. These days things need to change a little bit where you have collaboration between these key role players. You have to have a management framework which is a little bit more inclusive than just technical have a strong leadership component to that they have a strong technical component to that and then probably the most important is people and the community within you operate how do you get that involved uh, or them involved actually to to make these things happen and mm-hmm. then to both to both different management routines from you know in the past we did things a certain way but how do you change the management routines and, and how do you build the environment of trust and how do you make performance management not punitive but actually a positive response that you're getting from the people so that's the whole environment that's busy changing that needs change from, from and historical.
0: Uh, yeah so I'm hearing it's holistic of nature, it talks to culture, it talks to the type of people the type of complexity that they can handle, the higher levels of appointments that you have reporting to the GM. It talks about stopping this fear management style because in that open culture where nobody will know everything, it talks to that. It probably also talks to a person's career, all the individual's careers in there, isn't it? Because, you know, information is power. Now the power basis changes because you would like for the information to flow freely as soon as the information is available. So, yeah, a holistic management framework, probably.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, if I look at the days back in Poneng and, and some previous things that I've done, and specifically now, because past basically a year already, if you, if you want to make things happen and move into a better integrated management framework or process, you, you have to look at it from a holistic point of view. You know, I see in industry, sometimes people make this type of integration or digitization and IT accountability. And, yeah. um, you know, that's that's probably the worst thing that you can do uh, yeah. with all due respect to the IT department, because it's not just about the technical systems and the technical component to it. It's around the leadership. And, and this is, I think, where everything needs to start is you need the leadership to drive it. And when I talk about leadership, is that direct line of accountability from a chief operating officer's point of view to a mine manager's point of view down to the face. That's the type of leadership you need to get involved, drive right from the doing and believe in what you're trying to do. But align that always with the technical aspects of the business. So you have to align your operating model when you start doing integration of the business process, we just spoke about if your operating model is a very strict hierarchy and you don't have clear understanding of who is supposed to do what, you can't really integrate. And if you ever got a silo type of operating model, how can you change that? And and that has got a big impact on people and it goes around the change process, the psychological process of how you get people's minds also to change. They've done it in the last 20 years this way. Now suddenly you need to do things differently. So to make any transformation or digitization or integration possible, you have to take the organization, the design, the operating model, the management routines, all these things, you have to align as you implement the technical solution.
0: Yeah. So you came up with a holistic uh, approach for value creation, and I think you starting to talk to that about leadership operating model, etc. What What else do you see in there?
1: Yeah, I mean, for when you start understanding what type of work needs to happen and what needs to change, you also need to understand how your organization structure needs to change. Yeah, and um, you know, you have to align the structure to be fit for purpose. I mean, and it, it it isn't a blueprint that you can implement at any, you know, all the mining industries. So as you work through uh, understanding what the asset capabilities are, and the leader, leadership understands where they going to, and you start implementing a better integrated business process, I mean, we probably don't have enough time today to talk about an integrated business process. You have to have an operating model uh, that supports an integrated business process approach. Yeah, yeah. Then when you start looking at how do you manage work, you need to bring the people along so that they understand their roles, their accountabilities, how they will be measured, because the last thing you want people to do is they wonder what they should be doing and what they're accountable for. And there's a lot of training and behaviour change required through that process. So when you implement work, a different way of work and management of work, that's probably the piece that takes you the longest, is to get the people to understand how their roles change.
0: I think fear can set in very quickly around my role is changing. I don't really know what to do. And then a negativity spiral to kick in and people then just waiting for the whole thing to fail and maybe start saying, if you don't manage this process, you say, see, I told you, this is not going to work kind of thing.
1: Yeah and you know the perception lies there that you know people are going to be replaced but it, that's not the truth. People need to understand they they're actually going to start contributing more in terms of value creation and using their brains in this whole process. So your role is changing from being a reporter a writer you know yeah. and looking at data to start thinking and applying your mind around how can each process be optimized and improved every time like through the organization to the bottom level. If you structure it properly and everybody understands what needs to be done.
0: Or a material finer, like a chef boss, you know, spending half his day walking around, you know, making sure that his car is going to arrive.
1: <laughs> exactly. You know, when you start looking at understanding the role of that specific individual, it becomes more of a, a quality control a role and a bit at the lowest possible risk. I can look at activities and becomes your eyes and ears on the ground of how to do improvements rather right. than, you know, stealing material or running around to to open a valve here and there, and, you know, it's crisis management the whole time. And I think the technology will, will enable us, you know, with visualization, bringing the right measurements in place, real time information as near as possible. So that there's a team of people in a control room or somewhere that actually can deal with that stuff. You know, where's the material car and is it at the right place and is it delivered so that the right people are doing the right work.
0: Yeah, so so I can see that uh that firstly in this the model that you described to us, and we'll place a little bit more of this in the show notes, of you know asset capability, moving to integrated business processes, moving to work management and then to short even control. And then the concomitant leadership and operating model and fit-for-purpose organizational design and management routines the continuous improvement and performance management can then be put in place in cycles. We will stop the podcast over here. Uh, this is about 21 minutes up to here. And we'll continue with the podcast on the very interesting journey that Francois Nodia had with his team. And next we'll talk about the people, how to bring the people into the systemic journey about coaching of people about choosing the right people getting the right people in the right seats and then lastly where might not be solutions and platform can fit typically into a journey like the one that Francho was on thank you very much for listening we'll see you next week